0: You're listening to Decoding Seafood, where we dive into the depths of one of the world's most beloved but misunderstood foods and the industry that drives its production, environmental impact, and cultural norms. Join us as we peel back the layers and speak to the players of the seafood industry, from chefs to scientists, influencers, and everyone in between. This is Decoding Seafood, brought to you by Moe.
1: There's a lot of acronyms and fancy labels on seafood these days. What do they all mean, though? Today, we decode the Green Eco Label, which is the seal of approval given by the Aquaculture Stewardship Council, also known as the ASC. And we take the conversation straight to the top as we're joined by ASC's CEO, Chris Nenez. Chris takes us behind the scenes into why the ASC exists how it operates, and what it takes to earn that eye-catching green label, as well as how farmed seafood could be one of the greenest protein sources to feed our growing global population. Chris, thanks for joining us. I want to start off with a very basic question. What is ASC, what do they do, and what are you guys here to
0: achieve? Well, to help farming of seafood better, I think in its simplest term. I mean, because we want to reduce the Environmental footprint of of farming, and we want to improve the social responsibility of farming. Then, in essence, that's that's what we do through the sort of rules that we set out in our standards.
1: And there's something I want to go back to in terms of what aquaculture was like in terms of the standards before you came in? Were there certain things that you really wanted to hone in on that made ASC possible?
0: Absolutely. And in any industry, you always have producers that are good and you have those that are, that are less good. And the performance levels that we we try and set are so that we can encourage everybody to be good. And in terms of the key things that we want to control better, If you think about all the things that you might put into a fish farm, you want to make sure you're using efficiently and they're not damaging. But you also want to control what comes out of the farm in terms of the impacts that that can have. And overarching, you want to make sure that the workers on the farm are well treated and that the surrounding communities are not badly affected by those farming operations.
1: I want to take a step back as well and just learn a bit more about yourself, more about you know, who you are, where you came from, and kind of what brought you to ASC.
0: Well, I guess a continuous thread throughout my working experiences has, has been fish. I was born in Cornwall, uh, in a seaside town that had a quite a vibrant fishing community at the time. And I'd always had a desire, I guess, you know, from early days to uh, follow in the footsteps of Jacques Cousteau, who was, you know, quite an influential voice when I was younger. So this idea about being involved in the marine environment was sort of cemented then. And, and I started at a young age, actually fishing commercially. And that gave me a a wealth of experiences well beyond some of the academic studies I did for my future career. And I started working with the British government on overseas development work, trying to improve fisheries management in various places around the world, and I worked in the Caribbean, in Africa, in Asia, and I went on that journey first in within the developing world because I, I was also attracted by doing good things in developing countries where management systems were, were not as well developed, and there were many poverty issues, cultural issues about how you get round and, and try to make good things happen, and and really. That sort of led me back to the work that I did with the Marine Stewardship Council originally and, and now the ASC. But the attraction there was because because of the market engagement. You know, I worked in development, but really that was, it, it really amounts to a subsidy in the sense that there's money coming in from outside and things worked really well when that money was coming in. But when that money was stopped, then many things failed to, to continue. So there was a certain frustration within me because... We were never engaging the private sector in how you could advance development. And so the link between the sort of conservation and social objectives of the ASC and the MSC by engaging through the market just makes so much sense to me. So as you can see, the continuous thread has always been seafood. Okay, I'm starting
1: to kind of visualize this. What is the dynamic like between ASC and these different fisheries? Are they strong relationships? Are they growing? Do they see you as a gatekeeper? Do they see you as an enabler to help make the industry better? Like, What is the relationship like there?
0: Well, I think it's all of those things in many ways. And at the end of the spectrum, there are those that reluctantly engage because they feel that they're pushed into it. The ASC is a market-led organization. So we look to encourage the market to adopt better practices, because that can bring scale to the work that we have. And then that can then amplify the reductions of the impacts that we want to see. And the producers, the farmers, are caught up in, if you like, in in that network. And then thus, they come to us with perhaps different reasons, depending on what their end buyers might be saying.
1: In terms of this, this is kind of a more of an overarching really a high level kind of view for our listener who is essentially a consumer if listeners went to your website and they read that the ASC's goal is to address the most pressing environmental and social impacts of aquaculture what are some of those examples are you able to give us the listeners some examples of the environmental and social impacts that you're looking to address
0: Sure and of course We have to remember that these impacts differ according to the the type of fish or the type of shellfish that you're actually farming and even in in what part of the world that you're actually farming. Because you remember, you have to remember that the ASC is a global program. But think about one of the key feed inputs for the production of salmon is feed. Salmon are fed. Salmon farming is often criticized by some because they don't think that the, the sourcing of the feed is sustainable or that you shouldn't feed fish to fish, even though that's what commonly happens in the wild. Fish eat fish, right? So from a in-principle view, I see no reason why you shouldn't be doing that. But what you must think about is that food source for the fish, is it being harvested sustainably? Is it making sure that that doesn't have an impact on the surrounding environment? If you can do that, then I think you really advance the cause of fish farming because Feed is such an important ingredient into the whole operation.
1: I like that, well said. The ASC label, are you able to walk us through that? Because for the consumers listening to this, maybe they've seen an ASC label before, but don't really understand how it got on that product or even what it is. Can you help us understand what it is and
0: what the purpose of it is? Yeah, absolutely. I mentioned earlier that the ASC is a market-led program. And the way we communicate into the market and to consumers is through the logo. It's a small green logo on a pack of seafood with a with a little fish on it and a little tick to, to indicate some sort of quality about what it is we do. But that little logo communicates such a wealth of important information about the work that we actually do about trying to reduce these environmental impacts and to improve social responsibility globally.
1: When did that come about? When did the whole labeling launch go to market? I
0: think our first label product was in early 2012. But of course, there's a much longer history of using labels in the marketplace for many other commodities, including forestry, uh, wild-caught seafood through the the Marine Stewardship Council, but many, many other products. And they're great visual cues for people, for consumers to think that So this is something special, but it is also important to make sure that what makes that special is actually credible. And that's a lot of the work of what we undertake in the ASC.
1: What's involved in auditing and ensuring that a company or a fishery or an organization is going to be able to produce seafood that gets that label? Like, What is the amount of work on the back end for you guys and for the fishery to to get to that point of the label on the
0: product? Well, there's a lot of work. And think of it as an audit process in, in much in the same way that you have auditors that look at, you know, the financial rigor of your accounts, then that's essentially what a, an auditor for us would also do. An important distinction in the same way for financial auditors is that they're independent of the company that they're actually auditing. So the auditors that work for us are not employed by us. They're third party auditors, and that removes important potential conflicts of interest. So those auditors are, are trained both in the environmental components of the standard and the social components of the standard. And they visit the farms. They do work before the farms. They undertake the audit. They have a lot of requirements to go through. There's a lot of preparation that has to take place by the farms themselves. And at the end of that, that information is compiled into a report. And that report is put out for public consultation. So anybody has an opportunity to, to contribute to that process. And at the end of that day, if all goes well, the farm is certified as producing seafood responsibly. And then they're then allowed to use the logo in the marketplace.
1: It's very rigorous. It is. What would it mean if a package doesn't have an ASC label on it?
0: It's not as good as one that should have it.
1: <laughs> in terms of the uptake in companies and fisheries participating in the ASC Green Label Program. What's that been? Has it been a good response for you guys?
0: Oh, it's been massive. I mean, and a constant theme for the ASC ever since almost day one is how to manage the growth of the program because there's a lot of interest from retailers which really only reflects the interest of consumers in having more sustainable seafood. And that translates into an ever-growing portfolio of companies all around the world that are certified, tens of thousands of products in the market globally, and a growing organization that that I'm responsible for managing. Speaking of that, help
1: us get a sense of the amount of staff, or I don't know if you have any volunteers. What's what's the ecosystem, the size of the ecosystem of people that are involved and work for ASE?
0: So when I joined 11 years ago, I was uh, employee number three, and I'm now part of a team of over 120 people.
1: And that's a global team.
0: It is. So, so I have colleagues in China, Japan, in Thailand, in Indonesia, in all the major markets in in Europe and in the in the US. So we're well dispersed, but we are covering a, a lot of ground.
1: Yeah, and I'm also curious: Are there any other certifications, standards that you guys are leading that people should be aware of?
0: Well, we certainly work in collaboration with other programs that are active in the seafood space the marine stewardship council is certainly one where we we share a range of services that they provide so they they help us to ensure that the traceability of the product from you know farm to plate is is secure they also do all of the approval of our logo they have a, a multilingual team in their in in their organization that handles products from, I think, 80 or 90 different countries from around the world where you've got to make sure that the claims on the logo are actually right. Um, And we work with them and collaborate with them in many other areas. So yes, and there are other examples. There are many other organizations that we work closely with.
1: Your main visualization for the organization would be in that green label. There's not a lot of other certifications or checks or stamps of approval that, that ASC is involved in.
0: I think that label sets us apart, that, that that green label. I think it's it's sort of iconic, if you like. And and uh, we certainly work hard to make sure that it works well for us in the marketplace. And of course, we definitely look to amplify its presence and the awareness of consumers of it through dedicated campaigns with suppliers and retailers.
1: Are there any other certifications the ESC would endorse that fisheries or organizations
0: you're working with would seek? I think you should think about endorsement from from some of the measured credentials that, that are done by others. And certainly for us, there's an organization called ISEAL that works with similar multi-stakeholder organizations like us and their requirements for us as a certification program are extremely challenging. We have to demonstrate that how we develop our standards are done to high levels of credibility, that we measure our impacts, a fundamental, important aspect of our work, because if we weren't having an impact, then why would we have a program? So it's a key point for us is that we have to demonstrate that to to the public. Of course, all of this information is publicly available. And then we have to make sure that the systems in place are actually also credible, so that we deal with complaints or grievances, that there's public scrutiny of what we do. So it is demanding. So something that comes out of the ISEAL stable, in my view, is a a credible program.
1: I'm just fascinated the fact that so you guys have you said about roughly 125 people at the ASC? Sure, yeah. Uh, a global company. What does it look like to try to manage the global seafood production and manage the sustainability and accountability? How many fisheries? Like, what what are kind of the numbers that this team of 125 is trying to tackle? Like, how many different fisheries are you guys trying to audit? And and what's that look like for a ratio?
0: So we have about two and a half thousand farms around the world. We have well over. 2 million tons of certified seafood, and over 20,000 label products in about 80 different markets. And
1: your team's doing this? Yes. That's incredible.
0: Well, some of it, of course, don't forget the, the, the power of third party. So we've got others that work in the space that we're in that are not direct employees. But we have, I mean, you know, one of the most important things for us is that if we want to do good things in either the market or with producers. We also have to have people from those countries to actually be able to do it. So the ASC is also a multilingual, multi-international team. So yeah, it's an exciting space to work within and to, to manage.
1: I kind of asked you about your personal mission, things that you're excited about, your background. In terms of ASC, I love this personally. I love learning about short-term goals and long-term goals. So within your organization, what would you say are the short-term, maybe one to three-year goals for the organization, then maybe your 10-year vision for for where things will be?
0: Well, I, I mean, a clear overarching goal for us is for the program to continue to grow, to continue to have influence in more markets, greater influence within those markets, to further the mission of the organization, which as, which as I said is about reducing those environmental impacts, increasing social responsibility of, of the production. In the short term, we're, we're very much looking to develop and work actively through a marketing campaign in the US. So that's a big feature of the investments that we're making. And that work is going really well. And I can only think that over the next three to four years, it will really amplify the ASC's position in the US market. I think longer term, we we have to recognize that, you know, while currently most of seafood is farmed in in Asia, we will see an increase in the receptivity in Asia to sustainability and responsible aquaculture. It'll take longer, but it's definitely started and will only increase. And when you think about the numbers of people in Asia, then you've got, it's a Huge market, right?
1: It certainly is. Yeah. From production and consumption standpoint, it's it's a a powerhouse in, in, in both categories. For context, is the ASC label a global standard or does it slightly vary based on standards for different regions?
0: So at its heart, this is a global standard where almost all of the requirements are common across all regions. There's some regional specificity, when it's needed, but, but those tend to be exceptions rather than the norm. So this is, this is something that's built to be internationally comparable.
1: OK. And from a consumer standpoint, can consumers know what to expect uh, when they travel and, and see that label. It'd be pretty consistent from country to country. It looks the same?
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just trying to visualize that. If I was visiting Norway or if I'm in here in Boston, then it's, it, they'd be the same label and different Absolutely. product. Yeah. Ah, it's really, that's great consistency. Kind of piggybacking off of that consistency and market awareness, you're talking about expanding that market presence in the States. What's the hope of ASC and marketing more to the US? Is it just awareness of uh, what the organization does or what, what's the angle?
0: I think. We're certainly experienced a sort of a, a slight tipping point within the U.S. market where there seems to be a growing acceptance of the sorts of issues we're trying to address. So, you know, there's a, a growing audience for responsible seafood. And the U.S. is, of course, it's a big market, right? It's, a, it's a, an affluent market and it's a market that actually eats a lot of farm seafood. And so for us, this next journey is really, really important for us.
1: I agree. I think it's great you guys are doing that. Something I'm really fascinated about is I think there's still a lot of potential for even a larger culture of seafood consumption uh, within America. Do you see that as well? Do you see there's a lot of room for growth?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you think about the dietary and nutritional benefits of eating seafood, then we have to encourage people to eat more. And if you think about you know, the limitations of seafood production, both wild and farmed, then Wild fisheries are quite constrained, and you know, environmentally, there has to be a limit to how much fish you can catch. Whereas the opportunity to produce more from farming is large, and with growing population, growing affluence, more and more people want to eat seafood globally. And that supply is really only going to be met from farm fish, farm seafood.
1: Yourself being a Cornishman, there's often similarities that are drawn between the United States and their role in the market in the West and the UK's role within Europe and how their economies work. Similar type cuisines from locals, but why has the culture of seafood on the plates of many people in the UK, why why is that different than what we see in the States sometimes?
0: I think, you know, if you think historically, then the US is a much bigger country. So for historical reasons, then the culture of eating seafood in the sort of more in the middle of the US was much less just simply because physically getting fresh produce there was was much harder until you had processing technology that could, you know, well, canning was, was an early start. But then the advance of freezing where you could get frozen food into the, into the sort of central areas of the, of countries. It, it's even the same in the UK in a much smaller way. You know, there's a much greater appetite historically for seafood around the coastline as opposed to in the inland areas even though they're relatively modest inland areas compared to the US right so i think that's a i think that's a, a traditional play. that that played out in why certain people eat, are more inclined to eat seafood
1: i totally agree with you it's, i i think that's a really really accurate take of, of the situation I do want to respect your time, but one thing I was curious about: you're talking about farm-raised seafood and the potential it has within the U.S. What are maybe some of the, the pros that you could hit on for some of these listeners in the U.S. right now? That why they should consider farm-raised seafood?
0: It's good for you. I mean, from uh, like, as I mentioned, you know, eating seafood provides you with a great source of protein. There are a lot of micronutrients in in seafood that that bring additional value. You know, for pregnant mothers and nursing mothers, then it could really help with the, the development of the, the, the child's brain. Um, and it's been documented that there are demonstrable increases in IQ for, for mothers that actually will eat seafood while they're pregnant and, and during those early stages when mothers are feeding babies. So there's a, if there was ever a reason to do it, then that there, there's that. But, you know, when you think about some of the environmental impacts, that come from terrestrial farming, seafood's a much safer option as far as that is concerned. You know, the carbon footprint of seafood is generally much lower than it is for terrestrial protein sources. So, you know, there are just so many benefits. I think consuming seafood is just part of a solution for the the problems we have with climate
1: tend to agree with you and and thank you for convincing me further. What are maybe some of the criticisms though if there are naysayers around farm raised seafood? What what are they
0: saying? There are some that take a sort of philosophical view that you shouldn't be farming fish, but when you think that globally over 3 billion people rely on fish as a major component of their diet, then you have to farm fish. Some people are critical about the inputs, some about the medicinal treatments that farm seafood has to undergo at times, the same as any farming system on the land. But you know, I think you need to step back and really think about the big picture opportunities and value that, that seafood really brings. And they far outweigh these negativities. And the ASC contributes to that because it can help filter the best the best producers, and that's demonstrated through the use of the logo.
1: Thank you for addressing the criticisms. I know it's often not comfortable to talk about, we always want to talk about the positive aspects of the industry. And I think there's a lot that we hit on in terms of the health benefits and yeah, just the sustainability within within the seafood realm. But I, I like that you're able to address and that you're comfortable addressing those criticisms and be really rational about it. My final question for you is, we were talking about the uptake in seafood as something that more Americans are consuming. We would like to see more seafood on the plates of Americans. How does that happen in wichita kansas like how, how does that happen in in omaha nebraska how does that happen in the heartland of america where these typically you know a lot of poultry a lot of beef eaters how, how do how do we convince them to to be eating more seafood
0: i think it's a timeline right it requires a sort of shift in culture perspective and and that comes you know in in generational steps so it won't happen overnight it won't happen tomorrow or next month or next year even but i think progressively we'll see over time as people realize more about those benefits and perhaps some of the negativities of the alternatives that seafood really is the best choice and i'm convinced i am absolutely convinced that that will happen
1: i appreciate all your answers chris i I really appreciate your time and your insight this is fascinating for me i think you give a very high level overview of the industry from someone who cares about maintaining and not only that but setting the standard for these standards and the way that fish is going to be farmed, the future of aquaculture. It's fascinating and an honor at the same time to be able to sit down with someone like yourself and and hear that perspective. A long-winded way of saying is there anything that we haven't touched on that you you think would be great to be able to, to hit on to let people know about what the ASC is working on or something that is near and dear to your heart. I think there are
0: there are many things that we're working on within the ASC. I mean, we strive to improve systems. I think the next big challenge in front of us really is how we can make our systems more efficient and more effective. And I, and I think that technology and digital information will play an important role in that. And it's a journey that we share with fish farmers themselves because they realize the importance and the power of information they collect about their systems. And and in many ways, that's the same sort of information we need to demonstrate their performance. So there's a sort of synergy there. It'll take some work. But for me, I think that uh, we'll see that increasing journey towards these systems becoming more digital. And that's the path we're on.
1: Is there something you're really passionate about in terms of what's on your heart when you helped to start ASC that you really
0: want your legacy to be remembered as? I wanted to make the ASC not only a leading organization within the space of seafood, but within the broader space of, of standards. And I think there are many things that we do at the ASC that are quite exemplary. There are other things that we want to improve on, but at the end of the day, I think you can do the best you can, but always be open to making changes. And I think we embrace that there. Chris,
1: thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I really mean that. I really do mean that. If our listeners want to learn more about the ASC, uh, where should they go?
0: Well, certainly take a look at our website. There's a lot of information there. But you know, look at where our staff are around the world and, and contact them. You know, part of our work is to engage with people that are interested in our work. So there's a contact details are there on the website as well.
1: Amazing, thank you. We'll link that in our show notes below. Thank you for listening. We hope this has helped you begin your journey decoding seafood.
0: Decoding Seafood is brought to you by Moe, hosted by Keaton Robbins, produced by Tim and Tanya Fraser of Murdoch Entertainment, and recorded and edited by Jordan Moore of The Podcabin. Executive producer, Rotter Creative Group, with special thanks to our community of contributors and those that follow us.